But today's title of the message is called uh, Personne Difficile. Anybody know what that is? Somebody say it. Nope, not personal differences. Difficult people. Difficile. Come on, you, 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 I know, it, it, it translates the opposite way. You ever, you ever heard your, your grandparents or your parents, ah, difficile. In other words, they're saying you're difficult. In other words, they're about to lose it on you. It's a warning, right? <laughs> so, so, Pearson Difficile is the title of today's message. How many of you would say that you know some difficult people? Show me your hands if you know some difficult people. Now, if somebody didn't raise their hand, they're probably that difficult person. Um, let, me, let me test your honesty this morning. How many of you would admit that you're a difficult person? Wow. Got some honest folks in this church this morning. That's a better response than I thought I was going to get. So this morning, I want to give you four thoughts on, on dealing with difficult people. And I want to kind of clear some things up because as humans, we're, we're, we're good at putting people in boxes and categories and judging people and kind of, you know, oh, well, they're this and they're that. And, they're, and they may not be that, but if they, if they look like that or act somewhat like that, then we'll put them in that box. Right? Come on, how many of you know we're good at that? We'll put people in a box. But sometimes they don't belong in that box. Right? So I want to give you four thoughts this morning to help you understand and to help you to deal with difficult people. Uh, My first thought is this. We have to do a better job of understanding people. We have to do a better job of understanding people. Here's the reality. Every one of us is different. There's not a single person in this room that even looks the same. None of y'all look as good as this. None of y'all have this physique. And you ought to be praising God for that. (laughs) Thanks for not saying that, though, Patricia. (laughs) But we all come from different homes and different experiences. No two people are exactly the same. If you want to get medical about the whole thing, there's a lot of different DNA and things working on the inside of us. There's male and female. Come on. There's hair and no hair. Short and tall. Slim and not so trim. Come on. (laughs) We're going to call it safe. But we all come from different hurts and pains that our life or people have brought on us. And sometimes we bring hurts and pains on ourselves, right? We all come from a different set of life experiences. The problem with us is we don't take enough time to try to understand each other. We just quickly make a judgment and put people in a box and then deal with them according to what that box is. Come on, nervy, okay. Picky, lazy, angry, right? So we, we just, all we do is just put people in boxes, but we never take the time to try to understand them. You see, if everybody's different and everybody comes from a different background, a different home, a different life experience, different hurts and wounds, then we are different. And listen to me, there's nothing wrong with us being different. In fact, it's good that we are different. Look at your spouse. It's good that she don't look like you. (laughs) Guys, y'all just, it's like that was a good place to say amen. Amen. 
We see things differently. We have different mindsets about things. My wife and I use this course called Simbas to do premarital and marital counseling. And you basically take a, each couple, each person takes a survey uh, or an assessment. And then at the end of the assessment, they submit that back to Simbas. And Simbas puts these two people side by side on paper. And one of the first topics you tackle is marriage mindset. I don't know if you knew this, but... All of us have different marriage mindsets. There's more than one marriage mindset, which means this. There's more than one way that all of us view marriage. Some people are the, the, you know, the storybook, um, uh, chick flick romance marriage mindset. And then the others, they're, they're like, Psh, married or not married, don't bother me. But it's all different mindsets, and we all have different mindsets when it comes to life, Right? And then here's the basic truth of it all is that God created every one of us uniquely. And that's good. That is really good because we're not boring. If you look at God's church, the body of Christ, it's not boring. It's unique. It's, it's surprising. It's, there's nothing else like it. God created us each individually. Do you realize that? You didn't come out of a factory. You weren't cookie cutter. You're custom made. You're custom made. And here's what blows my mind about all that just real quick is that the Bible says we're custom made in the image of God. So I don't know how many people there are on the planet, but we're all made in the image of God. That tells me God's got a big image. Right? We're different. We don't take enough time to discover each other's differences. But because of these differences, we can find ourselves becoming irritated with others who aren't like us. And here's the question we got to answer. Are they really difficult or are they just different? Come on, that's the question you really need to start asking about the difficult people in your life. Are they really difficult or are they just different? And I'm not giving them enough time to understand their differences or our differences. This is making sense. We got to learn to understand people before we judge people. Because here's the truth. The enemy of your soul would love nothing more than to take your differences, which are a good thing, and turn them into a difficult thing. Come on, he does this in marriage all the time, right? Two couples come together. The reason you are attracted to each other is because you're different. You, you get together, holy matrimony, six months later, the honeymoon's over with, now you can't stand each other. And you're fighting, and you're irritated, and you're getting frustrated, and you're, and you're storming through the house, and he comes in, and the cabinets are slamming, and you're like, what the heck happened? It's differences. <laughs> it's just differences. If you'll take the time to discover your differences, then you'll have the time to enjoy your differences. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time because you might need to write that down. If you'll take the time to understand your differences, then you may have the time to enjoy your differences. Which means this, you'll spend less time fighting about your differences and more time enjoying them. Come on, isn't that good? I'm, I'm work-oriented. My wife is fun-oriented. I need to learn how to appreciate her difference and my difference. Are they really difficult or are they just different? You see, I've had an issue in my life 
with discovering my differences with other people. I, I, for some reason, I don't know where this came from, but I always thought people needed to be like me. So my goal was to make people like me. So I had employees. You need to be like me. You need to do it this way. You need to do it like this. This is how we do it. Why? I don't know. It's just how I do it. So you do it like I, I do it. And, and constantly trying to make people into something they weren't. And so what would happen is, is when they didn't conform to what I thought they should be, I would then begin to judge them and push them away because I don't like to be around difficult people. And don't look at me all judgmental. You don't like to be around difficult people either. Some of you don't even like yourself because you're disapp- you difficult. <laughs> but I, I found myself pushing people away if, they, if we had too many differences. And then later on come to realize I'm missing out on some things because I'm pushing people away that don't need to be away. They just needed to be understood. If I'd have took a minute and understood them and realized it's not a difficulty, it's just a difference, and God wants to use that difference in my life, then I might would have had a different attitude about the whole thing. Amen? So it starts with understanding people. we got to take the time to understand each other. You understand each other by asking questions. We know the work-driven people. They come in and all they think about is work. They're not worried about your feelings. They're not worried about your emotions. They don't care if you slept last night. They just want to get the task done. Listen to me. You got to understand people like us. We just, that's all we think of. I'm serious. It's like I have to physically make myself go, good morning. Are you okay? Is everybody all right? And it's weird. I'm like, are you okay? How how you doing? You all right? And then give people time to tell you how they're doing before I go, And so my struggle is is when I'm asking, I shouldn't be telling you this. (laughs) When I'm asking you how you're doing, can I just tell you what's going on on the inside of me when we're about to do a project? On the inside, I'm going, okay, hurry up. Got to get started. Got to get started. Got a deadline to meet. Come on. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. You had a bad night. Yeah. So so, uh, (laughs) can we go work? (laughs) It's a difference. You got to try to understand people. And when people offend you, instead of getting mad as your first response, you need to get some understanding. Because people say stupid stuff and they don't even know it. Come on, can I get a witness? (laughs) But if you're so, if you're so not prepared for that, then when somebody hurts you, your first response is to fire back. Can I just tell you that's some immaturity in your life? I'm not trying to make that feel bad. I'm just being honest with you. It's an immaturity. A mature person can take a lick and then ask, why'd you hit me? Let that sit in for a second. A mature person can take a hit and instead of firing back, say, okay, what was the hit about? If you're a a mature person in the marriage, your spouse can do something, say something, not do something, not say something that you were expecting, and you can take that, and instead of firing back and causing a war, ask one simple question with a gentle voice. Hey, what's up? What was that for? Sometimes it shows up like, dang, man, that was a lick. You okay? Come on, in marriage, sometimes we got to take one for the team, y'all. Yeah, and I heard some of you think, yeah, but I've been taking them for the team all these years. 
Let me warn you not to feel sorry for yourself. So discover differences before difficulties. Is that all right? So number one, when we're dealing with difficult people, we have to understand them first. My second thought is this, is, is we got to come to the realization that we're all created to help people. Say that with me. Say, I'm created. Okay, I need full participation because it doesn't feel as good. I'm created to help others. That's what God did for you. He, he created you to help other people. Sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is to help somebody else. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Sometimes that's the best thing you can do because in the process of helping somebody else, you then discover that you've gotten the help that you need. Come on, that's good. That's why we, may, we, we, we challenge you to make disciples. Why do you make disciples? Because in the process of making a disciple, you grow. The disciple maker always grows more than the one who's being discipled. But you won't discover that until you decide to one day say, I want to disciple you. Or answer the call to disciple somebody. So we're, we're created to help other people. Look at 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 to 26. It says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel. We can stop right there. <laughs> That's enough pressure for your marriage right there, not, not even to mention your workplace. The servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be kind to who? Say that one more time. One more time. Who's everyone? Mm-hmm. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct, underline, box in, eyebrow the word gently. You're going to need that. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Sometimes difficult people are in a trap. And they just simply need somebody to not tell them they're in a trap, but to help them open the trap. And you do that by beginning to understand them. First, don't judge them first, understand them first. We're instructed to be kind, able to teach, patient with difficult people. Sometimes difficult people just need some patience. Here's the reality about difficult people. And some of you admitted that you're difficult, so you should know this from the other side of it. <laughs> Sometimes you just need some patience. Sometimes people just need to be patient with you. Here's the truth. When you're patient with a difficult person, it opens up the door for you to speak into their life. If you're judging them, barking at them, and trying to fix them at the same time, ain't happening. If you'll be patient with them and gentle with them and kind with them, just like Second Timothy says, then that opens the door for you to bring truth into their, into their life. Look at what it says. They're being held captive by a trap and you can come and help free them. But I get it. It's tough to be around difficult people. 
I'm sure it's tough for people to be around me. I sure appreciate when they give me some patience, though. Because some days, I just need patience. But most days, I could use some gentle instruction. A great marriage is when there's an open door to say, hey, you're barking. I'm not barking. You're barking, baby. This isn't barking. I'll show you barking. It's never happened in my house, but I watched a movie one time, and that's what they did. (laughs) Here's the reality, though. Can you admit this morning that sometimes you don't even have patience for yourself? Much less somebody else? You see, the beauty of God is that he looks past our outward actions and he looks into our heart with care and compassion and he gives us patience. I had this thought this week. God is so long-suffering. He's been suffering a long time with me. Right? He's patient. I don't even have patience for myself sometimes. Proverbs 15.1 says this, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. Man, I'm going to tell you, there's something about the tone of your words that can change a situation. The tone can change the tone, right? It can literally change the tone. Have you ever been in a peaceful argument? Do you mean they exist? Oh, yeah. It's like an albino alligator. They exist. Right, Andre? Gentle words can quench big flames. You got to remember, we all see things differently. We all come from different experiences. Right? Everybody sees the world differently. It's not in one box like Hollywood makes it. I had this question, what, what if that person is in your life for a purpose? You ever wonder about that? I went into business with a guy who I was polar opposites with. I was fast-paced, productive, let's get some junk done. He was details, won't talk about it all day, and move slow. There was days we just hated each other. I ain't going to lie to you. When we, when we were friends, we just hated each other. We rubbed each other raw. And one day I said, God, why you didn't give me a business partner like me? And he said, because you wouldn't have grown. Because you needed somebody different than you. Iron sharpens iron. One man sharpens another. If you're not rubbing off on somebody and somebody's rubbing off on you, you're not doing life with other people, then you're just becoming dull. And I'm sorry, but there's, there's just difficult people in your life because they're, 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 they're hard enough to knock that edge off of you that needs to be knocked off. Right? But why are they in your life? You ever ask that question? Like, why? I got to work for this guy. Why? I got to go with this person. Why? These people had to move in next door. They throw their clippings in my yard. And... Why? Maybe they're there on purpose. Here's a profound thought. What if God wanted to use you in their life? 
What if God's sole mission was to move them next to you in some capacity of your life for the simple reason that you're his ambassador on this planet and you're the one that he works through into other people and he puts difficult people in your life for, the, for you to, to be the, the example of God in their life. To give them patience, to give everything that's been given to you, you give it to them. And then they get to see God inside of you. What if that's the case? Is it worth it? I'm going to have to preach this one, y'all. Is it worth it? I ain't convinced yet. We have to understand our purpose. Every one of us has a purpose. Your kids are part of your purpose. Your marriage is part of your purpose. Your neighbors are part of your extended family is part of your purpose. Your co-workers are part of your purpose. The people you see at the grocery store are part of your purpose. Amen? Can we turn the air conditioning off? People are freezing. Just low, low, like raise it just a hair, like one or two. Y'all cold? Man, y'all look cold. Never mind. Leave it alone. It's good. I'm hot. See, I was trying to be compassionate. Y'all saw that? Feel good? Okay. I get a credit for that, babe. All right. So, so what's the purpose of this person? You maybe need to ask that question. Why is this person in my life? Because if you're trying to understand them and you start asking questions like, why are they in my life? Or why am I in their life? Or why are we doing this thing together? Some of you may be asking, why is this guy my pastor? Because <laughs> you needed one like me. <laughs> And I needed one like you. Because <laughs> I'll go, why are they at my church? <laughs> Not all of you, just, you know, five or six. I'm picking, I'm picking, I'm picking. Shouldn't say that, Pastor. That's not what, I know what pastors say. I didn't go to seminary, so I didn't learn that part. <clears throat> Here's the truth, though. Only when you're helping other people do you better understand them and do you better understand your purpose. Only when you're helping other people. Think about that. Jesus died on the cross for us. He laid down his life for us. He helped us. He gave us what we didn't deserve. If we got what we deserved, we'd all be smoking right now. You follow me? Jesus gave us what we didn't deserve, and he expects us to give the same thing to other people. Right? Third thought is this. We've got to make allowance for difficulties. You see, you, to, to mature as a Christian, you've got to start making allowances for things. The Bible's clear on this. I'm going to show it to you. Watch this. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must, clo- you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 13, making allowance for each other's faults and forgiving anyone, say anyone, anyone who offends you. God says you need to make an allowance for difficulty. But if you don't make an allowance for someone's difficulties or their differences, then you set yourself up for disaster. Right? Because you walk in like, I ain't making an allowance. I'm not even thinking about that there's some difficult people. And then, bam, you get hit with somebody who's picky or angry or frustrated or whining. And then all of a sudden you're thrown off course. Why? Because you didn't make an allowance. Verse 14. 
Come on, the beauty of marriage is the longer you go, the longer you start to make allowances for each other. That's the reality of it. We don't do a whole lot of changing. We just make a whole lot of allowances. Can I get a better amen? (laughs) I may be 70 years old and Cheryl still puts her shoes in the doorway. She may be 70 years old and I still got three piles of clothes in the bedroom. She says, what's this for? I said, well, that's dirty, half dirty, and I'm going to wear that again. I got a system. It's not working, though. We got to make an allowance for people, for their faults. And then the Bible says to forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. We're here to help people. If we'll decide to better understand them. What if you decided today to change your clothes? Listen to what that verse says. Clothe yourselves. Now, I want you to look at the person next to you. Look at their clothes. Observe it for a minute. Okay. What you see in them is what they're wearing, right? Say yes. Okay. Corey's wearing a plaid shirt. It's got blue, light blue, white, and he's got khaki pants on and brown shoes. You look very nice. That's what I see when I see Corey. I see what he's wearing, right? If the Bible says to clothe yourselves with patience, loving kindness, gentleness, forgiveness, and all those things, then that's what people need to see in you when they see you. Change your clothes. (laughs) Can it be that simple to just change your clothes? Can it be as simple as going to your prayer closet and say, Lord, I'm an angry, picky, nervy person. Will you help me to be patient, gentle, and kind, forgiving and making allowances for other people? Change your clothes. If you're not aware of what you're wearing, then you're just wearing what you're wearing. Right? But if you'll pay attention to what you're wearing, go into your prayer closet and change the clothes. Is this making sense? Just change the clothes. People might want to be around you a little more. They might invite you to lunch. Just change your clothes. Our clothes should be tender-hearted mercy. Think about that. Those words don't the tender-hearted just doesn't flow in my life. I'm just I'm not tender-hearted. I want to be. I've had to pray, Lord, help me to be tender-hearted. I cry more now than I've ever cried before. I don't know if I'm going through menopause or something. It's like, golly, man, I'm standing in the back this morning, just like tears going over <laughs> my baby girl singing. <laughs> and I look at her and I go, <laughs> I come up here and I get my junk together. I'm like, what I realize right now is I got some tenderhearted mercy. Change my clothes. I prayed about it. Kindness, humility, gentleness, love, patience. Listen to how it says it in the message translation. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. (laughs) Wear his clothes, not yours. 
compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even tempered, content and, and with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. <laughs> Never be without it. Isn't that good? What you're wearing says a whole lot about you. What you're wearing says a whole lot about your God. Come on now. God never said you had to be a preacher. God just said you had to wear the right clothes. When you wear the right clothes, the clothes preach for you. When you give a difficult person some patience and some tenderhearted mercy, you're preaching the gospel to them. Amen? You're preaching and your mouth is closed. It's a miracle. I had this thought. Why do kids love grandparents so much? Come on, parents that have grandparents that your kids love their grandparents more than they love you. Come on. Why do they love grandparents so much? No, because they finally put on the right clothes. You got to be old before you get patience. It's the way of the world, right? I mean, there's, your daddy had no patience with you. Your kid comes along, he takes everything. And you're sitting there going, I'd have never got away with this. You would have whooped my tail. But look at you. Right? Why? Because they changed their clothes. What's the difference? They're patient. They're loving. They have tenderhearted mercy. That's just from life wearing them down in most cases. We got the Holy Spirit living in us who can bring change right now. The Holy Spirit can change you right now. You don't have to be 70 before you get the right clothes on. Right? You can put them on now. I can't wait to be a papa. Well, I can, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Girls, I'm waiting. Just Daddy's being patient. No rush. Watch this. How you handle difficult people will determine how they hear you. You like listening to a bossy person? You like listening to somebody that's always right? You you like listening to somebody that thinks they know everything? Who do we listen to? People that are patient and gentle and kind. It shows up in parenting. My wife and I, it flows back and forth. We talk to our kids. We, we discipline them. We, we instruct them. We train them. Hey, do this. Don't do that. And she can wear them out on one thing. And I can walk in and with one time change everything. What made the difference? The approach. In most cases, it's the approach, right? It's the approach. And your dad, no, it's not the dad mom thing. That don't fly. It's the approach. Because sometimes they listen to you more than they listen to me. Glad you could sit in on this dialogue. You see, that was a, a general argument. <clears throat> and nobody won. Because you don't win. You don't win. But how you handle difficult people will determine how much they let you bring truth into their life. Because here's the reality. People want to know about what you care. I mean, they want to know that you care before they know, before they care about what you know. Let me say that again. People want to know that you care before they care about what you know. Does that make sense? Caring for people opens the door 
to bring truth in. Last thought. I learned this one um, when we first started having kids. The thought is this. Give them what you've been given. Here's the reality. Not all of us know all the scriptures. Not all of us memorize them every day. Not all of us get up in the morning and read our Bible and get some instruction for our life for this day. Not all of us sit down every day and let God download into us what we need or upload into us what we need and download what we need to give him. Not all of us do that. But here's the reality. You don't, if you don't do that, here's what you can do. You can simply give people what God's given to you. So, so Cheryl's, Cheryl, we discovered Cheryl's pregnant for Virginia, and it was exciting, and we were rejoicing, and we're fired up, because, you know, your, your best friends, you know, they're all having babies, and, you know, you want to kind of raise the kids up to get, y'all know what I'm talking about. I can't explain all that stuff. We were fired up and excited, and then I had this, like, quiet moment where I went, oh, shoot. I don't know what I'm doing. You ever have that? Those moments where somebody, maybe they give you something, you're like, I don't even know how to do this. Somebody give you a car, I don't even know how to drive. I had that moment, I was like, honestly, it was a freak out moment. I was going, man, God, I didn't have, I started, first thing I started doing is telling him what I didn't have. I didn't have a dad. Well, I'm going to be a dad, I didn't have a dad. I might make a good mom, but... <laughs> I didn't have a dad, you know, so I started giving excuses. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm going to mess them up, and I'm going to ruin them. And, and when I finished whining, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, very, very simply, all you got to do is do to them what I do to you, and you're going to be okay. Can it be that simple? So when I want to kill them, the Holy Spirit goes, I never killed you. Point. Right? When I want to punish and bring judgment, I've never treated you like that. And your kids ought to be grateful for that. <laughs> right? So what does he do for us? Let me give you a few things that God does for us. He gives us new mercy every morning. He is patient with us. He is long-suffering for us. He is gentle. He is kind. He forgives. He lifts us up when we fall. He helps us. Is that enough? You want me to keep going? In our weaknesses, he gives us his strength. He is compassionate towards us. He forgives us. He speaks life to us. Watch this now. He calls us up. Amen? So what do we give other people? Everything that he's given to us. You can only give away what you've received, right? So when you've got difficult people in your life, just give them what you've been given. Give them what you got. Give them what you got. Give them what God's given you. And it's going to disagree with your flesh. So let me warn you. Your flesh is going to want to kill and judge and, and, and punish and God's going to say, I never did that to you. Because if he did, you wouldn't be here. Amen? Last thing. Uh, those who are getting baptized, you can go and change your clothes real quick. <clears throat> and get ready. 
Here's the last, the last little bit. I want you to understand something. This is our responsibility on how to deal with difficult people. But here's the reality. Sometimes difficult people don't want to change. Sometimes difficult people are difficult. <laughs> and they don't want to change. So let me give you a few things that you're free to do. You're free to limit how much time you spend with them. If somebody won't listen, if you're being gentle and patient and kind and you're giving them what you've been given and they're refusing to come around and they're just enjoying life being difficult, then you have the freedom to limit the amount of time that you spend with them. Amen? Then you, can, you have the freedom to gently instruct them. The problem is, is most of us don't think we have the right to speak the truth. And the truth is, is you do have the right to speak the truth. You just need to speak it the right way. I mean, if something stinks, you say something, right? You just don't sit there and smell it, right? If the food's not good, you just don't sit. How many of you, how many of you if the food's not good, you don't say anything? Raise your hand if you're at a restaurant. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Oh, no, Jack. Now, I'm not one of those people that get all hostile in a, in a restaurant. Yeah, take this back and credit my check. And I don't do that. I just go, hey, hey, uh, excuse me. Very private. Listen, this, this steak is overcooked. Can, can I get a new one? Because you can't redo an overcooked steak. <laughs> right? They can't say, well, I'm going to go fix it. No, you can't fix that. <laughs> I have that right. Right? In my marriage, I have the right to shell, to tell Cheryl if the food doesn't taste good. I very seldom use that right. My son is learning how to very seldom use that right. In fact, I used it so little the other day I said something and she, she was like, she didn't know how to take it. I was like, look, I'm just saying it was kind of, you know, the chicken was dry. I just, I just, can, can I just say the chicken's dry without it being a fight? But you have the right to say something. Here's the other right you have. Be careful with that one, though. Here's the other right you have. You have the right to pray diligently for them. Oh, if they won't listen to you, I, this is my mentality. You're not going to listen to me? God, this is God's gracious help in your life right now. You don't want to listen to me? Then I'm going to back out the way and let him deal with you. So I'll go to praying for him like, Lord, you, it's your people. It's your sheep, Lord. That's your kid. That's your daughter. You deal with her. Right? I'll send them home. <laughs> go see your daddy. But you have the right to pray diligently for them. And then you also have this right. You have the right to spend time trying to understand them better. Does that, does that help with difficult people? Here's the reality. We're all different and we can all be difficult. That's the truth. Every one of us can be difficult. People are giving you patience. Give them some too. Amen?